You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So in case you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, or even if you've been around Sexy Marriage Radio for a long time, you know, we have opportunities for people to give us feedback. You know, we always, every episode, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com usually is mentioned multiple times. In fact, I kind of try to think of how many times can I get that in there every show. <laughs> that's my own little because weird. we want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we, I really do, but that's also my own little weird kind of thing that I do in my own head. But the other thing you can do is you can jump on iTunes and you can leave us reviews and you can leave us uh, five stars if you like it because that helps us climb the charts. Right. And, and as, it calls people's attention to this does. is worth listening to. And, and as that number climbs of just people leaving reviews and people leaving comments, that only helps the show. I mean, it's it could seem like, ah, well, my comment's not going to do anything. But no, 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 it really does. Because it does. As we record right now, there's 330 reviews or you know ratings of our show. And then mm-hmm. there's... I don't even know how many comments, but that, you know, I love it because it helps just set, frame what's going on here. Because you get this whole this podcast is utterly fantastic, filled with wonderful advice from Corey and Shannon, wrapped up in a Christian worldview. I don't miss a single episode. And then, <laughs> and then another one. I've been listening to this podcast for one and a half years and have grown weekly from the perspective and practical tips of having a better relationship with my wife. I'm going to stay a subscriber for a long, long time. I mean, it's just. Yay! Those are the kinds of things that not only do they help you and I, I know, Shannon, as far as I'll speak for me, they help me. I love the whole, hey, what we do matters. But Yes, it's making a difference in the world. Absolutely, it does. It's changing lives. It's changing generations. I, it's I changing firmly, marriages and families. I That's firmly right. believe that. But it also has the possibility of just you as a listener leaving a comment, emailing the show, telling a friend about it, joining the Bed Buddy Club, you know, doing something that just Coming says, to a getaway. You know, doing something that says, I support this and, and sex in my marriage is important. That's a simple way you change lives. Mm-hmm. Because they, you really do by just the simple little things. Because we live in a world that has evolved to societal think. And what I mean by that is, well, groupthink's always been there. I just think of it in the terms, and there's probably actually a research phrase that covers this. I just don't know what that is. But it's whenever I'm getting ready to go do something, try out a new restaurant or whatever, I check reviews. I I was about to say, I have made so many decisions lately on purchasing new products or checking out a new restaurant based on reviews. And I will go miles out of the way to avoid a hotel that got a bad review just to seek out the one that got such a great review. Yep, And that's the same thing that we can get from our listeners. So hop on iTunes if you like what we do. And this is, I'm not twisting arms. I'm just saying, if you love us, if you like this, let it. And you want to be a part of spreading. Tell the world. The word. Tell the word because it and spread the word because it does help. And who knows, you know, what this will lead to, what this will lead to, what this will lead to and who that actually reaches. And that's that's just amazing to me. Yeah, it is so cool that we live in a day and age where you and I can just hop on our laptops in our free time at a random, you know, random day of the week and just roll. And we're reaching how many downloads per month are we at? 
these days? Well, you know, I'm coming off summer, so I haven't checked, <laughs> honestly. Well, at, at last time I had asked you, it was over 100,000 yeah, downloads I, I think month. summer we dropped some just because of the craziness that summer is. But we're 90,000 to 100,000 downloads a month. And so that's a lot of people. That, that is. And our binge listeners will catch up. Yeah, they will listen I, to every episode. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, we, we awesome. cover a lot of different topics. Um, there's, we try to make sure there's no stone left unturned. I'm going to see mm-hmm. how many cliches I can get into these, you know, this phraseology yeah. of things, but no, nothing, let's, is, let's end nothing is off limits yeah, let's, and let's, nothing will get candy coated. That's true. So, but one of the things that, that we, we always will come back to is we want to honor the sacredness that is marriage and, and sex in marriage, because that's, yes. that's God blessed. That's, that's sacred. That's it's holy. And there's lots of different things that it makes up, but it also could be a lot of different things that are causing problems in this. And so we want to be, I love the phrase you've used on when we've been together at conferences or exhibits for our show of we it's easy way to think of this is this 30 minutes of free sex therapy a week. And that's yeah. kind of what it is. So, yeah. And I do want to say too, to that, Corey, I love that people are so helped by our show. I love how we get so we get so many emails from people saying, we have talked more about sex as a result of just listening to your show together. And maybe they don't listen together. Maybe they just listen to the same show at different times or whatever, but it's opening lines of communication. And I think that is so, so great, but we are not trying to do therapy in individual marriages. Right. If you have, if you have some of those problems creeping up in your marriage, this is not sufficient right. to, to, to solve anything. And so we just really encourage you to connect with a local counselor or with one of us yep. through Corey's counseling or my coaching. We do coaching and counseling through telephone, Skype. And also I want you to just mention specifically your husband mastermind groups, Corey, because I think that what you're doing is so, so important. Yeah, I want to add a little caveat to what you just mentioned, though, because even if you send out an email to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, that comes to both of us. Both Shannon and I get those emails. We read every single one that comes through. And if you even use that address as, hey, you know what? I need help, but I'm not sure what to do. Shannon and I are not competitive when it comes to this. We're colleagues in this. And so if, if there's a, you know what, Shannon, this would be better in your wheelhouse. Take it. Or, you know what, Corey, this would be better. Or, no, 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 I got the perfect person. Let's, let's Here you go. And We'll refer you to a third person. Right, because sure. we, we we're in this to help people. And that's that. Yeah. so, but to that end, it does not matter where you live. If, if you are male and you want to uh, join a group of other men that are interested in just being better husbands, I offer a group that's called the Husband Mastermind Group. It is only offered several, uh, like four times a year is when it, so every quarter is when a new group forms. It lasts for a year. It takes place entirely online. So it does not matter where you live in this world. Um, we have a, in, in one group, there's a guy from overseas that's, that's been going on for seven, eight months now. And so this is just a chance where you can have six guys and me walking alongside you as you just try to figure out what, what this whole world of being a husband is or confront what it wasn't <laughs> and deal with what it could be. And so it's a, it's a, it's been, it's fascinating to watch how this has unfolded for men of just, because there's, let's face it, fellas, I'm speaking straight to you. Sometimes when it comes to relationships, we suck. And so we need to <laughs> learn how to have better relationships. And one ways we need to do is we need to have better relationships with other men. And mm-hmm. because that's the iron sharpens iron. And, it truly does make us better because we kind of understand each other just because that's the we're all wired pretty similarly. 
Yeah, I've heard my writing partner, Steve Arterburn, say it this way, that men don't become men in the presence of women. Men become men in the presence of men. And I love what you're doing, providing that community in that way for people to connect with other men and to sharpen each other. So keep up the God work, Corey Allen. So speaking of men. Yeah, (laughs) this topic is definitely, well, you know what? I can't say that this is exclusive to men, the erectile part of the topic, but the porn topic, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm jumping ahead. No, no, but this is just the whole idea of, what what could be the fallouts of porn? Yeah. If, if we're going to frame this in a larger discussion, that there there can be major fallouts of what may be started curiously and innocently. But if it continues, there can be major issues. Right. I, I, the big question that I had put forth, I, I think we've discussed this several times, does porn cause erectile dysfunction? Right. And I definitely think that there's a huge connection there. Okay. But I don't know that erectile dysfunction with men is, is I don't think, I don't know that it's exclusively a male problem. I wonder if porn doesn't always also create a flip side and negativity to the female orgasmic response. Okay. Because from everything that I've read, Porn is, uh, it's an appetite that you kind of have to look for more and more in, in, the, in the way of intensity, in the right. way of shock value, if you will, to keep having the same impact on the brain, on, on the reward circuitry and all that. And so the deeper in you go and the more unconventional or perverted or, you know, however you want to look at it, I think that that erodes at your self-esteem. And I think that what is erection or orgasmic response if it's not a reflection of our own self-esteem? Okay. You know, to be fully present. uh, Yeah, I I just, mm. but I want to be careful. The whole notion of, you know, there's some couples out there that they both enjoy looking at porn together. Okay. And I have to say that it's a moral choice. Yeah. And, and, and there are, you know, my personal moral choice is that I don't think that it would be a healthy direction to go, but I'm not going to try to make somebody feel bad. The goal of this show is not to make somebody feel bad yeah, absolutely. if they enjoy it together, but we do want to call attention to, you might want to explore more of what is this doing to my own wiring and to my own libido. And is it actually having a reverse effect than what I think that it is? Okay. So what comes to my mind when I think of this is um, back in the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, you can find a show. I just lost the guy's name, but he's the dude that does the guy that does your brain on porn dot com. And yeah. we had him on the Gina and I had him on the show and just because his show, his his site just exploded a couple years back because he was kind of leading the field in this research of dopamine, oxytocin, you know, all that kind of stuff and high speed porn, because that's where, that's the difference. Cause I was raised on magazine porn, you know, that's yeah, very different. Absolutely. It is because to get something that was a uh, moving picture required going to places that were really seedy. And right. I was, I was not going there cause I was right. a good Christian kid. So instead I would find the magazines and I knew the friends that had the stuff. Nowadays, man, you carry it in your pocket, i.e. your smartphone, and you can watch it anywhere, anytime. 
sitting and, in a traffic light if and, you choose to. And since it's high speed, that changes the way we desensitize to things. And it and it changes what's the whole phrase, anhedonia, where you where you don't yes. have pleasure from simple yeah, things. Can, can we unpack let's unpack yeah. that word? I think that it's very, very important for our listeners to understand. Okay. Um, Archibald Hart wrote yep. a book called Thrilled to Death. Yep. And he talked about anhedonia. You think about the root uh, syllable H E D O, uh, that that that's where we get the word hedonism. Yep of just doing something strictly for the sake of pleasure, regardless of how that impacts you, regardless of the consequences. Right. Just pleasure-based. Uh, pleasure-based. Anhedonia is you have to have more and more, but then you reach a certain point where it's not even pleasurable anymore, yep. but you don't know what greater length that you can possibly go to. Okay. And, and there was a, a movie, I think I've mentioned it before long ago, a movie, I, I'm not necessarily recommending it, uh, because it is very, very graphic, but it brings the concept of anhedonia to life in a very graphic way. It's a movie called Shame about a guy who just keeps doing one thing after another after another. It starts with porn, and then it goes to prostitutes, and then it goes to just all kinds of different twisted things. And it, by the end of the movie, you just see him looking so despondent. Yep in the middle of like a threesome or something, but he's just not there. And you can tell that he's just so disconnected from the experience. And I think that that is what a constant um, uh, diet of porn does to a person is that you can't keep feeding yourself more and more and greater and greater intensity levels because where else are you going to go with that? Except for outside of your marriage. And then you're opening yourself up to, so many things that you just don't want to, it's better that you just not taste that forbidden fruit. Yeah. And that's, that's the slippery slope of it just because it's progressive in nature. And so it takes more and more to, to get the same return. And so right. it's just figuring out, I don't know, just because pornography skews things. Um, there's another site that comes to my mind called make love, not porn. Mm. And that's by, that was from a woman. I cannot remember her name either. Um, but she, she just talks about the whole skewedness that porn has and how it portrays women. Right. Cause we've talked about that in some regards on some of the shows we've done on pornography, but this is, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just trying to figure out and, and have each person try to examine how have I shaped and formed what I do, what I look for, what my thrills are, what my pleasures are. And could those be skewed and off base? And right. if you think, this topic does not apply to you as you're listening to this. Okay. Let me change the phraseology just for a second. Cause I want to meddle in some people's lives for a second. Shane. <laughs> you want to ruffle some feathers <laughs> because, okay, let's take the whole porn out of it. How much do you struggle with connection with people, with real people in your life because of how much time you spend on Facebook? Mm. Because how much does that skew Right. Your own pleasure, contentment, right? Because of how much time I still remember, and this this because altered, you're comparing. Yep, because this you're altered Pam. your life to other people's lives. Yeah, this altered Pam's approach to Facebook several months ago. She was on it as we were heading to bed, and I was reading, and then she finally slams the iPad shut and put it down, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "Now I'm pissed." And I'm like, why? She's like, because I'm looking at all this stuff, and now I'm feeling jealous and envious and and just discontent. And it's like, okay. And I'm like, I I know what I want to say, but I'm not. She doesn't need a therapist laying beside her <laughs> at that moment 
so, good that you know when not right, to go there. Well, the, some of that's been uh, there's wounds on how I've learned that. Um, <laughs> but but it's just okay. And so she's like, I got to stop. Yeah, I got to stop. And so I was like, okay, you know. And then I just kind of let it go. And that that really did shift yeah. how she viewed it, just because she started recognizing this isn't helping me. When we take our most negative experiences in life and compare that to other people's best experiences in life that are Facebook worthy, there's just no comparison. And yeah, then we're disillusioned and disappointed that, oh, our life sucks. And it it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. With the whole thing of porn, I think that the biggest downfall and what this has, has to have an impact on a man's erection with his wife is that when he's looking at all these, let's be real, they're probably 16, 17-year-old runaways, when he's looking at those bodies as the standard by which he perceives beauty, and then he looks at his wife's 57-year-old body or 77-year-old body or 37-year-old body who just gave birth to a baby or whatever, there's no way she can compete with that. And then all of a sudden, it's her fault because she hasn't kept herself up right. or she let herself go or whatever. That is bull crap. Right. She's, her body is not designed to stay looking 17. It's his fault for creating that template in his mind that that is the standard of beauty. Okay. Because I had read, I think it was Fred Stoker who wrote this in Every Man's Marriage, that his brain is actually designed that his sexual tastes evolve as his wife's body evolves. And you think about back in the pioneer days, men were not looking at porn. They were too busy on the back of the tractors and the combines and, and, you know, um, you know, tilling the fields and drawing in the cotton and all that stuff. They didn't have other women's bodies to look at. The only naked body he ever got to see was his wife's. And as she got older and got the middle-aged spread and the saggy boobs and the cellulite ripples and, he, he really didn't care because that was the only naked body he was looking at. He was grateful to be looking at any naked body. Right. But now it's just totally changed that there are so many different naked bodies to choose from that they could be looking at. And their wives are feeling so slighted and so disrespected and so dissed and understandably so. Okay. Um, so I would say that putting your eyes on any other person's naked body, especially when they're in the act of being sexual, you're only creating disillusionment for yourself Yeah. because there's no way you can keep from comparing that to what you have at home. Right. How does one possibly compartmentalize what they're looking at on the screen and what they're looking at in real life? Well, that's why you start to have the issues because you have to disconnect to create the same level of arousal or intensity or even if erection. And well, you just can't. And, you know, because of the nature of the way our brain evolves and adjusts to things where, because, you know, anytime think of this in the, out of, out of a different context, when you got to go try something new, there's a fear there. There's an anxiety there. There's a novelty there. You can't recreate that same thing with that same experience because now all of a sudden I've got experience with it. So it's not as novel. So therefore, if I have to have a certain level of anxiety or tension or eroticism or tabooness or insert word here to create the result, right. To create the result. Now all of a sudden I've set up the scenario of, okay, I'm going to constantly have to become voracious with all the different things. And I'm keep trying to keep trying to keep trying rather than, okay, hold on. How do I 
really confront what this could be skewing in my own life. Well, how do I mm-hmm. deal with this whole concept of a rewiring of my brain? And, right. and the way that your brain on porn describes it is you go through a reboot, and we've done shows on that, of a sexual reboot. Right. And, and that's what I was going to say is I think the only way that you can possibly rewire your brain is you have to starve this addiction to death. This is not an addiction that you can just continue to feed like a baby alligator. It's going to grow. Right. It's going to become more and more all-consuming. Um, but the process that we're describing, Corey, I think that there's actually a new label for it. It's called the pornification of these younger generations. Okay. Because you're right. You and I grew up in the era where, yeah, we may have found our dad's stash in the closet or something like that, but it was not readily available to us without going to great lengths. But these younger generations, they were raised on porn. They were looking at it when they were eight years old. They were looking at it constantly on their iPhones when they were, you know, all throughout their teenage years. And the interesting thing is that recently, I think it was Relevant Magazine, did a very brief article on how this Generation X is having less sex than any other generation okay. prior to them. And you know, we assume that the opposite is true. We assume that, oh gosh, they've just thrown all morals and everything out the window and they're just having all this wild and crazy sex. No, they're not. They're having less sex than any other generation before them. And I think that the reason is because they have become such a pornified generation. Okay. They're having, they're, they may not be having sex with each other as much, but they are having sex with themselves a lot more often. And they're looking at porn in order to do that. And yeah, I would think that reality just doesn't measure up to the virtual experience of looking at porn. Okay. Which that sets up a scenario of loneliness, isolation, secretness, um, and then low self-esteem. And if we start getting very reactionary to that, that's where we start seeing a lot of things that can really become an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that we've actually had a question came through email. It's been some time back, but it made such an impact on me. That it's one of those questions that got in, you know, just emblazoned in my brain. The whole question of is a man deserving of rejection from his wife? If he has felt the need to look at porn in the past. Okay. And I think that it's very important that men understand that women are not trying to reject their husbands. They're trying to reject the porn. There's a difference. Like, don't tie yourself so closely to your porn that if she doesn't want the porn in the marriage, that you take it as personal rejection. She's merely saying, you're enough for me. I don't need all these images of all these other people doing all these kind of crazy things. I want you. I want organic sex. I want real sex. I want intimacy. I don't want all this other stuff. I think that that's a compliment when a woman can say to a man, you're enough for me. You're all I want. I don't want this other stuff. But what do men hear when their wives say, I don't want porn in our marriage? Well, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those that it's, some of it's, they can't compete. And so it it really is a struggle. And I think a lot of guys feel guilty about that because they could realize, uh, yeah, I, I know I've brought this on, but some of it is, I don't know if sometimes women understand the depth of the struggle that could be there and how, just because it's happening doesn't mean he's not trying. You know, Good point. That he's not attempting because, I don't know, this is something I've been open about in my life, that it, it, it came into my world early, and it was, it was there for a long time. Um, and I, I feel like I've finally reached a point where God has said, you know what, you're far enough and long in your journey, you can start helping other people because I have a lot of guys <laughs> that I deal with this. 
now as a therapist. Um, and so one of the things that helped is Pam went and sought out some therapy during our, one of our journeys in, during, in this subject. And I love it because her therapist actually just kind of walked her through, well, when did it start? You know, have you had those conversations? And we had, and it started when I was young and it continued and kind of got worse in college when we were apart and she framed it as, well, okay, if he was saving himself for you, it, that's kind of a safe way to do that. Hmm. And it's like, okay, I like that. Spins it better than the way There's I have it. Yeah, that spins it better the way I have it in my own mind. But mm-hmm. at least it kind of helped change the possibilities of, okay, hold on. What if I explore this a little differently yeah. rather than just react so quickly to it? And yeah. I understand. And I'm not saying, okay, ladies, understand and be compassionate and empathetic. No, no, no. It's just... Stick to stick to what's important to you, but also how do you how could you start to align yourself as an ally in this and not not as an accountability partner? Let's be very, very clear about that. And so, fellas, if you if this is a struggle you've got and you want to really confront it, your wife is not an accountability partner for you. She does not need to be that role. That's where another dude's got to come in. You know, because yeah. that's that's where we become men in the presence of men. Yep. So, but it's just recognizing she can still be an ally for you in this. She can be a support for you if you can steer it to her. Because this isn't about lots of guys get into this. You know what? I need to just learn to squash this desire in the name of sanctification. And sexual desire is not get that's just you can't squash it that simple. Right. It's just it's not, like it biscuit dough and right. a can. Just doesn't, it's ooze out doesn't somewhere. do that. So it's just recognizing how do you confront this better and steer it towards her in a better way. And at the same time, how do you learn how to be intimate and have intimacy connections with your wife without having sex? How do you have times of just learning how to be intimate without being sexual? Because that's a whole that's different a really great ball challenge. Game. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game, and I would challenge women the same way. Sure, um, this could seem like it's more in their wheelhouse of, oh yeah, I can be intimate with a lot of women, but I don't know. Sometimes women have trouble with it. I'll call you out on it, girl. Uh, on some of the times we've had conversations, and I've given you a really good compliment in the sense of, and you're like changing the subject, and I'm like, hold on. <laughs> I was just trying to create something on a deeper, a little, a little bit deeper connection. And, and I get it. Cause that's what we do. We just, right. we have these times where it's like, no, 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 I'm not comfortable. Let's crack a joke or, or let's, let's change the subject or, or physically leave. But that's human nature. And so sure. all of us need to the recognize spotlight. Yep. the spotlight feels like it burns. So, okay, let's distract, let's detract it yep. and put it on somebody else. But all now. of us need to recognize how could I grow in this? So that way, if I have struggled with porn, and that's something that I'm kind of coming around with realizing, okay, this is a big deal. I, I need to stop because that's, uh, that's probably where we have to start as guys. And I'll just speak to the fellows on my, of my own kind that you have to start wrestling with, is it okay or not for you? You know, because if you don't come to the grips of, well, I really want to do this, but she keeps telling me no, because she gets mad. And so now I'm just going to live in fear of her being, uh, finding out that just cu- goes more and more deeper secretive. And right. Bigger wall. Yeah. That's where we get more issues rather than, you know what? I'm struggling with this and I'm really wrestling on, I got to come to grips with this. Isn't okay. This isn't what I want in my life. That's what changed right. it for me. Yeah. And, well, and I will tell you the reason that women get so upset about this. It's because 
we assume that if he's looking at other women, we must not be enough. We must not be pretty enough, skinny enough, sexy enough. And that is a huge low blow to our self-confidence. And so what we as women need to be able to remind ourselves about is that he's not necessarily looking to look at another woman's body because I'm not pretty enough or sexy enough. It's that what men are really looking for, this is my belief. I mean, when I was writing Every Woman's Battle, I did some research and, and came across this mentioned in several different pieces of literature that men aren't necessarily looking for the perfect body when they're looking at porn. What they're looking for is an uninhibited woman who is willing to own her own sexual uh, identity, who's willing to just, you know, open the floodgates and let pleasure overtake her. That's what he wants to see. So if a wife can focus on being less inhibited with her husband, Hopefully that can satisfy his overwhelming curiosity of what would it be like to be with a woman who is really uninhibited. So would you agree that it's the lack of inhibition well, that they're drawn to it's, much more so than the size or shape of their body? I would, I would say it's the lack of inhibition part a part B it's the no rejection. Yes. The look on their face is always come and get me big boy. Right. There's, there's yeah. never, there's <laughs> I would never, never tell you no. there's never yeah. rejection. And so yeah. that's human. Which is na- sad because you know that it's a figment of the viewer's imagination that there's no rejection. Cause in real life, if you encountered that woman in a bar, even under the best circumstances, she probably wouldn't give you the time of day. Right. But it's still just that whole, <laughs> I don't know, as, as men, we turn to women a lot for some of our own validation and, and it, w- when we fear rejection from them, that's why porn can easily slip in and just becomes because the computer will never reject you. Right. Unless your internet It'll goes down. Say. Yeah. Unless the internet yeah, goes exactly. down. <laughs> but, but it's still Here, just, it's recognizing that, okay, there's more to this. That's why I come at it from this whole concept of whenever I have a couple come in and porn has become the issue, I frame it as, you know, ma'am, I understand how this falls out on you and it makes you feel, but what if this has nothing to do with you? That's a really important question. You know, that what if this has absolutely nothing to do with you? It, it, right. The fallout is on you. I get it. But, okay, let's look at it from a different lens. What would that right. do? Would that free you to deal with it a little differently? And most of the time it does. And whether it's men or women looking at porn, I always ask them the same question. What words are you putting in your search engine to find the flavor of porn that floats your boat? Because that is very indicative of past pain that you're trying to heal. Corey, here's my last analogy I want to end with. I know that people think that they want to look at porn in order to learn more about sex. But that makes about as much sense as my son laying on the couch and watching the Dallas Mavericks play because he wants to learn to play basketball. (laughs) If you want to learn to play basketball, you got to put on your sneakers, grab the ball and go and get on the court. You got to get in the game. And so if you really want to learn about sex, watching your computer screen is not the place to do it. Your bedroom with your spouse is the place where you learn about sex. Yeah. Or you listen to Sexy Marriage Radio and you have some more conversations (laughs) with your spouse about... Hey, you know what? What about this? What about that? Can you believe that they brought that up? Or, you know, have you ever thought about? And that's that's the whole point of that's where we grow and learn in real time. That's the whole concept of nothing prepares you for marriage, but marriage. That's it. So and you, nothing prepares you for sex like sex. Absolutely. Get we in can, the game. We get can in learn. The, get your head out of the computer yeah. and get in the game. We can learn some things, but sometimes we got to just have the courage to try some things. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. 
So thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. If you got something you want covered on this, let us know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at sexymarriageradio.com by clicking on the purple button.